people here work hard, you know, like they're, they're proud of that. And I think that's, that's like a big thing for, you know, just bringing back like a vibrant city that has like an awesome, like music history, art culture, manufacturing history, you know, it's like, we got a great riverfront, you know, we got like, I feel like there's just so many positives that are, you know, going to drive, drive things and are driving things in the right direction. And a lot of like ambitious youth too, you know, cause we kind of had to figure out a different way, you know, a different way to do it. Welcome back to the podcast. You are listening to Let It Out, hosted by me, Katie Delbout. And today is a special edition of the podcast. If you listen frequently, you know the podcast usually comes out on Wednesdays, but today is not a Wednesday. It's a bonus episode because this is a episode in my mini-series, Highlight Detroit, where I do just that. I highlight cool people in the city that I live right now. So... They are entrepreneurs, they are artists, they are cool people who have become my friends, like today's guest, my new friend Richard, who you're going to hear all about. He's an amazing furniture designer and really cool, kind person who I serendipitously met in his studio a couple months ago, and then a few months after that, this summer, we recorded this really interesting, fun conversation that's shorter than some of my episodes. It's it's just a normal amount of time. Anyway, it's a great episode, and you're about to hear that in just a moment. That's really all I have to say. I'm recording this very late at night, so I sound kind of woozy, but I love you guys. Thank you so much for listening to the podcast. If you want to support the podcast so I can keep doing it, here's how you can do that. You can share it with a friend. If you like it, if it makes you feel less alone, if you find it interesting, if you find it entertaining... Share it with somebody else who might also want it for their commute or for their, you know, walk or something. Share it. Also, you can leave a review on iTunes. That is a huge high five to the podcast. Also, subscribing really helps it out a ton. And I already mentioned sharing. You can join the Facebook group. I love the Facebook group. I spend way too much time in there. You guys are just really cool to hang out with. And that's really all I have to say. If you want to donate, you can also donate to the show. You can shop through the Amazon link. That's a way to support the show without having to spend any extra money than you would normally be spending on Amazon. That will all be in the show notes. And also the link to check out Richard's amazing furniture is in the show notes as well. So be sure to check him out. Enjoy this conversation. And I will see you in the next episode. Welcome back, everybody. I'm so excited for today's show. I have someone local, although we're recording over Skype, but I have Richard Gannis here, who's a designer and a carpenter that I met a couple weeks ago, months ago, it was a while ago, I guess now, um, through our mutual friend, and he's working on designing his salon in Detroit, and I thought he would be a perfect Detroit-based entrepreneur to feature in this mini-series, so thank you so much for coming on the show, Richard. Of course. Thanks for having me. 
Yeah, this is going to be a blast. So I remember when I met you at your studio, um, you were working on a bunch of cool things and I got to talk to you a little bit, but I was hoping that we could zoom the lens back and you could talk about how you got your start and I want to know were you always into building and designing things? How did you decide that this was something you wanted to pursue? Yeah, so I guess, you know, growing up, it was always like building, whether it was Canucks, Legos. Um, you know, I used to, we had, there's a woods by my parents' place, and I used to just go in there to build tree forts. And then once I was done building the tree fort, I would just want to go to the next tree to like just build, you know, another tree fort. Cool. So, uh, you know, I guess early on, I've always been into, you know, building things. And, you know, my, my mom's side is, the family's kind of more like fine arts and things like that. They're, they're very into that. Then, you know, my father's side of the family, you know, my dad's a builder and, you know, my grandfather is a bricklayer and things like that. So I guess it was kind of surrounded by creativity, you know, growing up from all sides of the family. So... Oh, that's funny. So it's kind of like you combined your mom's side creativity with the design aspect and then your dad's more with the tactile building aspect. Yeah, I, that's how I like to think. It's probably a little blended of both, too, because, like, you know, I guess my grandfather on my mom's side was a engineer, too, so he had some, you know, practicality to him as well. But, um, yeah, I think it's, like, a good combination being, you know, in an environment like that. So, yeah. Um, and I went to, you know, I ended up going to Wayne State. You know, I thought I wanted to do engineering at first and uh, started talking to a good friend of mine. And he was like, yeah, my brother does this thing called industrial design. And it's, you, you, you know, it's kind of, there's a little bit of engineering involved, but it's more just drawing and designing and things like that. And I was like, oh, shit, you know, like you, <laughs> you can get paid to do that, you know. So I switched from uh, engineering at Wayne State after my first year to uh, the industrial design program. And, uh, you know, it was more focused on product design and, you know, furniture design there and just working in the wood shop there. And, uh, you know, I think that kind of helped shape kind of where I am today with some more uh, refined designs and things like that. Um, so when I, you know, I, when I graduated, there wasn't a whole lot of work either. So, I, you know, I worked for a construction company for a long time and then finally found a uh, internship in, in New York City for a uh, product design development slash invention platform called Corky. Um, so I kind of had all my money saved up and, you know, decided to make a run for New York City. And, uh, you know, that that worked out really well for me, you know, um, as an internship and that led to a full time work where I was, you know, doing product design for mass market goods, I would say, you know, retailers like Home Depot, Bed Bath and Beyond, Target, you know, cleaning line, electrical stuff. So it was more, you know, mass market consumer goods. And I, I always really liked that. Um, but I, I didn't like the kind of. You know, I think it's powerful mass market produced stuff because you can have an influence on a lot of different people. But, mm -hmm. you know, I think just the way that that stuff starts to be made and everything's plastic and it's all yeah. budget and, you know, like numbers and what the retailers want and things like that. So, you know, it's like you kind of saw a lot of great work get broken down into, you know, more retail friendly stuff, which I think is awesome in its own way. But I just wanted something a little more you know, like personal that 
you know, represented what I liked and, you know, what, what people needed and, you know, kind of served like a function for, you know, longevity as well. A lot of the stuff we were doing was like throwaway stuff, you know, it's like after three years it breaks and you send it to the landfill. So, Mm. um, yeah. So is sustainability something that's important to you now that you have your own business and we'll get back to that, but yeah, yeah, it is. I think it's important to just like be environmentally conscious and sustain, you know, be sustainable and making products that, you know, like if we're going to spend a lot of time and energy and, you know, money on something, it should, you know, it's like I want that to pass down for generations. You know, it's like I want their great grandkids to be able to hold on to that piece. Yeah. And I think that's like a, you know, that works well for our environment and, you know, just, you know, the, you know, like just, something to be proud of you know i think with with a well-built piece so does that come up with your design then when you is that must be something you have to consider if you're trying to create a sustainable piece that can last through generations do you really focus on the design being timeless or how do you work in you know making it modern but something that can last um i think i try to focus on the functionality first you know it's kind of like a basic you know rule of design is like form should follow function. So I think I try to just break it down to, you know, have a great piece that function, you know, it's like I, I want it to function really well over looks. And then once we get that down, you know, it's like we can kind of let, you know, I like to let that even dictate the design, you know, mm-hmm. like it, it should just be very usable and, you know, practical. Um, and I think I let, you know, I try to refine that a little bit but I don't I never try to you know add excessive designs you know or details that don't really serve a purpose so I you know I try to keep the piece pretty you know my work pretty honest as well which I think you know helps with that whole whole story of sustainability and things like that cool yeah very cool I so I live in this apartment that is like straight out of the 70s it was like it was in a time capsule and we have a lot of the furniture that was in it and it's so interesting that a lot of the furniture, because it was well designed in that era, is still really relevant and great now. And oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I yeah, and that's that's awesome because there's that craftsmanship and like pride that was taken behind that work. Whereas when you start to get to that mass market stuff, it's like they kind of pull all that out just to make numbers, you know. And it's like, yeah, you can get a. You know, I guess IKEA is a big example. Yeah. Not that their stuff's bad and it serves a you know function and you know it's has its role, but it's you know it's like that stuff doesn't last you. You know, it's like you get right. paid for. So I think that's always awesome to see. Like you see, even like I just pulled a dresser out of my Yaya's garage and it was like you know it's been in there for who knows how long. Like you know, getting wet and beat up and it's like everything still works. You know, it's like yeah. it's still open. It's just like a really nice it's beat up you know but it's like this this functions this is you know this thing's probably 80 years old and it's been you know in a garage all its life and it, it still works it's like that's yeah cool. and then it also has meaning i think that's um that means something to me like i i have this dresser i'm looking at it right now and it's i call it my baby changing table because it's i don't i think my it was like a hand-me-down to my mom but it was she always calls it the changing table because it was what she like changed me on when i was a child but it like it came with me to college i have it right now and every time when i like still call it the oh it's over on my changing table or it's in the drawers over there and i'm i have to stop myself and be like i should probably like stop calling it that but it still works (laughs) and it's still great 
but it, that's, that's what's like, yeah. I mean, that's great because you have an emotional attachment to the piece, and that's what I'm trying. You know, that's what I want people to have with my stuff too. It's like there's a story behind it. There's you know, it's like that's what's great about furniture is just you, you know your daily interaction and the you know the emotional you know connection you build with it almost over yeah. time. I think that's awesome. You know, and I think like company and you would probably know way more about this, but I feel like companies start to try to emulate that because like I was saying with the apartment that we live in and that we inherited a bunch of this old really old furniture and there's this couch like uh settings like couch setup thing with like a uh, two couches and a table in the middle or whatever. And living room set. That's what I was trying to say. Mm-hmm. And we were looking through a West Elm catalog, and there was, like, the exact same one. So I think, you know, that's something that style just comes back around, and it's just, like, with fashion or anything like that, I think if you make something timeless, it'll be in style again, too. Yeah, and especially if it works well. You know, if it's, like, maybe it gets a little bit dated because the color or something, but it's, like, Oh, this this state this tables or this dresser, you know, all the drawers work and everything like that, and you know, and it's like so you don't even mind if it gets a little dated, and then once it comes back into style, it's you know you're golden. So totally, yeah, and it can be kind of cool, you know. I feel like it's so much. Our apartment has so much charm, and it, people are really excited when they come in because it's so interesting and it's so out of the norm than um, you know IKEA or just the regular kind of there's more creativity in it I think yeah I totally agree with that yeah so okay let's go back to your time in New York a little bit so when you were there you were designing and learning a lot sounds to me like it was sort of like grad school for you and it was really good for learning with where you are now yeah definitely I mean so it was a startup company and when I started there you know it's like there was probably like you know around 20 people there and we were in this little Soho loft just you know it was just this crazy hectic kind of workplace where it was just you know like you just got thrown into the mix you know it's like well you better learn how to do it or you know get out of our way you know so it's like just being a part of that like kind of like a new company starting and that was like really inspiring and just Mm -hmm. all the projects we got to work on you know it's like working on like engineering files and then you know like driving like a u-haul truck out to minneapolis to target's headquarters to pitch their executives on our company and it was like oh okay i'm going to do design work i'm going to send files off to the manufacturer and then i'm going to you know be involved with these high level sales meetings and you know things like that so it was it was an awesome experience you know for just yeah all you know yeah definitely like grad school like so I think that's great that it was a startup because now, you know, moving forward, when you started your own business, you were able for them to wear a lot of hats. And I'm sure now you have to wear a lot of hats. So when did you know that you wanted to start your own thing? When did you know that you wanted to be an entrepreneur? It sounds like you really liked your time there. Maybe there wasn't the like creative yeah. control that you wanted, but what? Tell yeah, me about I that. did really like my time there, and you know, just the work environment and everything like that was awesome. The company got really big too. You know, I think there was like four hundred people there when I left, um, which was great. But you know, and I, I started doing like I think I got bored. I don't want to say bored, but just kind of pigeonholed because it was like you know being involved with everything in the start, and then you know it's like then you start to have these defined roles. You know, and it was like I wanted to be. You know, I started doing. Uh, the prototyping facility there more than design work and I, I really like that you know I learned a lot um, 
but I think it got to a certain point where it was like, okay, I'm not doing design work and I'm just like 3D printing stuff and like painting and it was just kind of getting routine and I yeah, just didn't see myself growing. Um, but, you know, I was always doing furniture on the side there because, you know, it was like my shop there more or less. And, you know, the owner of the company, uh, Ben Coffin, was just super supportive of like side projects and he's like yeah dude if you want to work after hours or on the weekends use the shop man and oh, he, he so bought good. some furniture off me and you know some friends and co-workers out there bought some stuff off me and it, he, he more or less sat me down one day he was you know he was like you know I, I think you're a really good employee and I, I hate to lose you but he's like you know you're really you're really good at what mm. furniture and making stuff and he's like you know I think you should you, you should start, you know, putting together a business plan and, you know, try to do that. Um, you know, and I was, you know, I was like, yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, like, so I started doing that and just having, you know, I guess meetings and talking more about it. And then they were like opening an office in San Francisco and they needed a bunch of furniture out there. So he's like, you know, we got work for you, you know, cool. so I was like, oh, oh crap, this is, this is real. You yeah. Know? It kind of forced this, you into it. Yeah. And, you know, so it was just, then I, I started talking to my, you know, my wife and my family about it. And they're like, you know, everyone was super supportive. And, you know, I read a couple like entrepreneur books and like, you know, talked to all my friends that had experience with it. Um, and my old neighbor had a really successful, you know, candle company in Brooklyn. So I, I feel like that culture out there was just like, you know, in Michigan, people like people hustle and work hard and, you know, I, but in New York, I feel like it's like a different kind of hustle and they're, yeah, it's like people are hustling to. to make a name for themselves. You have to, to yeah. be able to afford to live there. <laughs> yeah, you know, and it's like people are hustling to make a name for themselves too. Whereas in Michigan, it's like, you know, people work hard and hustle and, you know, provide for their family and make money and stuff. But out there, it was like, it was about like an image almost or like, not an Im I don't want to say an image, but, you know, it's like they were doing it to make a name for themselves. And that was just... A huge thing out there too is like seeing all these people like starting businesses or do, just doing these creative things and I was like I, I want that you know like I want to cool. do my own thing so um, yeah I got I got some big projects lined up you know from out there and it was actually another salon I started working on back here and you know I guess the rest is history moved back and kind of made a run for it and it seems to be working out so <laughs> yeah definitely so I want to pick up on a couple of things you said there so when did you decide when you first started the business you were in New York when did you decide that you wanted to come back and do it here um well when I made the decision to do it full-time um it just financially it made sense just the space availability here um the resources here you know, like just the, the manufacturing infrastructure that exists in Michigan and Metro Detroit in the Midwest is like invaluable to a small business, especially in modern times, because it's like, you know, once the economy took a, took a dump in, you know, what was that, 2009, you know, these, these small manufacturers, they were like, oh, I can't just make transmissions for GM the rest of my life. You know, we have to like be diverse. You know, so just seeing that and being like, okay, if I need like, we try to do as much as we can in house, but it's like about utilizing your resources too. So, you know, it's like I can reach out to all these different businesses and vendors and they're more than happy to work with me. Even if I just want to spend a hundred dollars, they're like, yeah, dude, you know, they get excited about it too. They're like, well, you know, we can make that for you. So 
I think that, you know, that was a lot. My family's here, you know, most of my wife's family's here. Um, so it was just, you know, everything kind of just pointed towards Detroit, you know, for what I was trying to do. And I, I could make a name for myself here too, you know, like I, I think there's a lot of people doing what I do, you know, all over the world, but, um, and I could have made it in New York or whatever, but, you know, I think here I could kind of like carve out my own path a little more. Yeah, kind or, of like a big fish in a small pond situation. I yeah. I often think about that, about being here as well. Yeah, and, you know, I think, so that was, ex- you know, that's exciting too because it's like, dude, you, you know, it's like you can, you can do that and just the development that's happening in the city and, you know, the suburbs and everything, you know, it's just every, every you know, it's like everything I looked at, it was like, Oh, it's all very, very positive. You know, it's like there was not a negative in, in I guess, Detroit and Michigan. So I guess, I, I, you know, I miss New York. I miss that city. But, you know, it's this is home. So it made a lot of sense. What do you miss most about New York? I think the daily energy, just like walking and like the subway and people everywhere. And it's just like you feed off that, you know, like I'd ride my bike you know, 12 miles to work every day one way, you know, and it's like, or, you know, it's like you're on the subway and there's, you know, just every type of like person, yeah. and, you know, job and, you know, it's just, I don't know, it's hard to explain, I guess it's like, just, just, I think the, the energy in that city is just awesome. Like you just feed off that, you know, it's, it's like really inspiring to be there. Yeah. I totally feel you on that. I just got back from a, a trip there for work last week and the same I had the same kind of a feeling and every time I'm like oh man I wish I could be there all the time and I always consider living there and who knows maybe I will someday but then I come back here and I get my feet wet like with the community that I have here and the people around here and it's totally different it's like comparing apples with oranges which I'm sure you can understand but it's also really great and awesome here and i think it it just takes a minute to remember that whenever i think yeah. about moving or in your case miss new york yeah i think you know part of the thing i missed too is just i was there for five years you know i kind of like it was like my first like one of my first steps towards like adulthood you know it's like yeah. oh i paid for apartment by myself like i got a job you know this and that made a lot of friends so i think it's just you know when you're somewhere that long too i think it's just tough when you leave but Still try to do, you know, we do quite a bit of work out there still. So I still try to see my friends and stuff like that. So Cool. So on the other side of that question, what do you love most about living in Detroit and having your business here? Um, I think, I mean, the business-wise, I kind of explained it just moving here. Like just, the, you know, like, uh, you know, I can make a name for myself. There's a lot of, you know, developing stuff with you know building and you know restaurants and apartments and housing and things like that and you know the infrastructure like I said earlier is awesome you know it's like my best friend um and just the space the affordability like yeah your space is awesome thank you and I spent a long time there for our (laughs) friend and guest on this mini series Ryan who everyone knows from his episode we were there all day long hanging out in your space. So thank you. Yeah, again yeah. He for actually was us. in here today reviewing some stuff and they got a haircut and stuff like oh, that. Oh cool. How's how's the space going? Uh it's getting there. We went and we were on site there, what was it, a couple of weeks ago last time he was in town and you know, it's still a construction site, but it seems like they're making progress. He's pumped on it. So Cool. I'm so they got excited they have uh I think uh 
what's it called? A block party tomorrow? Yeah, my book party. I think you said party. you're launching your book there. Yeah. Yeah, so congratulations on that, too. Thank That's you. Exciting. Thank you. Well, maybe I'll see you tomorrow. I got, I'm got. i not going to make it because I got my, my little nephew's uh, birthday. He turns one, and then I have Aww, a wedding out in Clarkston, so... Oh, well, will the space be, because I was assuming that it was going to be, like, kind of open, but it's more. I don't think, I think he's just going to, you know, tape a sign to the window, maybe. It's pretty, it's, I think it's in, you know, they're still doing a lot of, like, electrical and plumbing. That makes sense. not even. There's probably, with a salon, I can't imagine, there must be just, like, so many moving parts to the build out on that. Oh, yeah, yeah, definitely. Because they're doing, like, that whole thing. I think they're doing apartments upstairs and a restaurant to the side. And it's just, you know, it was a building that was, like, nothing either. Right. So it's literally, like, everything done. Besides, like, the, some of the brick on the outside. Well, that's what's so cool. Like, that whole area is so inspiring to me. And that, like, leads in well to the next thing I wanted to talk about, which is just you know, how inspiring I think it is to be here in this city at this time because there's so many people like yourself, like Ryan, like our friends that own Drow and so many other people that I'm sure I don't even know yet, but hopefully I will and I'll have them on this show. But especially that area in the West Village, it's building up so wonderfully in other areas around the city too. So what inspires you about living in Detroit and what where do you see the city expanding to and going to become in, in say like 10 years what is your vision for it yeah I think I mean what inspires me most is the history I think you know just with the you know going back to manufacturing like I love that like that's inspirational like you know the Fisher brothers starting like just the you know companies and all the big three and stuff like that and uh and I think the future, you know, I think it holds that too. You know, it's like it was kind of like a boom city and we, we, we hit rock bottom, I guess. But, you know, I think people are starting to kind of like figure things out again. You know, it was like I think people got comfortable. They were like leaving, living the easy life. And same with the city too. You know, it's like everybody was like easy styling and, and you know, it all, it all goes away because people get greedy. And, you know, I guess I don't, you know, I don't know. I guess. I don't want to, I don't know how to explain details of everything, but I think it's, it's going to, you know, like for the, you know, the comeback, it's like people here are strong, you know, like people here are proud, like, Great. you know, I think that that's like a really powerful yeah. thing. You know, it's like all, all about the people, you know, like even in the rough times here in Metro Detroit, it's like people are still proud and like proud to be here. And, and like I said too, people here, you know, work hard, you know, like they're, they're proud of that. And I think that's, that's like a big thing for you know, just bringing back like a vibrant city that has like an awesome like music history, art culture, manufacturing history. You know, it's like we've got a great riverfront. You know, we got like I feel like there's just so many positives that are you know going to drive drive things and are driving things in the right direction. And a lot of like ambitious youth too. You know, because it's like we had that we had that GM you know hundred thousand dollar job that wasn't available to us you know and when, when we got old enough so we kind of had to figure out a different way you know a different way to do it and I think you know that yeah that's yeah big- I think I think it's a generational thing like I I know for me like my my parents it was all about you know like a full-time job with benefits and entrepreneurship was was so foreign but I think it's so common in in our generation and with younger people 
um, in general. I think it's it's more common and it's more exciting. And maybe we just don't want to settle for something that isn't really awesome. And because we know that there's other options because we're seeing our peers try different things. And I think when you're in a place that has a lot of people doing that, like you were saying in New York, but I think that's that kind of culture is coming here. Like you were saying, you really noticed and were inspired by it in New York because I'm feeling that here a lot because I feel like everywhere I turn, a friend of mine is starting something here, doing something cool here. And that's why I started this this show to really showcase that to people who maybe don't live here, that there are actually so many people here doing so many interesting, unique fascinating cool things and the people that I'm having on the show even are all so diverse you know from the things that they're doing and have you kind of found that 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 culture you admired in New York is kind of following you here too yeah yeah I totally agree you know it's the yeah I mean I I don't know is it just our generation too you know like I think it's like like you said earlier it's like a generational thing like people just want something that they're proud of and they can stand behind and I think that you know whether that's you know, planning weddings or opening a restaurant or a salon or building things or, you know, opening, a, you know, your own like doctor's clinic or things like that. You know, it's like people. people yeah. And I think it, people feed off each other, too. You know, like my friends that are doing stuff like that. It's like, oh, man, they're, they're doing good. Like, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I need to do this or, you know, like you, I think it's just always really positive to see other people doing it and like making it. So. Yeah, I think it's interesting. I think it's like what you were talking about, about, you know, maybe it is because of the economy that those types of jobs weren't even available to us. So we had to get creative and, and find another way to to do it, another way to, you know, have our life path. But then at the same time, we wouldn't have even wanted that type of a corporate job. But if it had been available, maybe we would have not known that we didn't want it and just taken it. Right, because it was so, easy, you know, you're like, yeah. oh, you got this, like, you know, like, why, why, you know, it's not good, it's not bad, I'm making money, you know, I can enjoy myself. Right. Um, but, yeah, I don't, you know, I think you can fall into stuff like that, too, you know, it's like, because that's what you're used to, that's what you're comfortable with, so I think it's it's always good to mix things up a little bit. Yeah, yeah, totally. Okay, so with entrepreneurship, then, there's lots of challenges i'm sure so what's the best part of being an entrepreneur and what are some challenging things like the worst part maybe i think the best thing is just like every day just like walking into my shop opening the door and like seeing some awesome you know finished work that i've done like every piece i do I'm, i i feel like it's like oh it's better than the last it's better you know it's like cool. it's just, I think that's really inspiring and just open the door every day and like, you know, looking around and being like, this is mine. I'm doing it. (laughs) I'm proud of that. You know, like I'm, you know, it's like, I want to live on in like infinite, you know, they're like, yeah, Gannis, he's like the furniture guy, you know? Uh So I, you know, I think that's really, you know, just I'm learning. I love it. You know, like I, I don't mind putting in the hours and you know, it's like, yeah, a pride thing. I think I'm just proud of it, you know? Hmm. And, uh, the toughest things, I mean, are just starting off. I mean, I don't know, you know, money, finding good employees. I actually had two, you know, I got an intern from Wayne State who's really solid, who just started this week, and another kid that's working for me part-time I got last week. And 
that's been a huge help too, you know, because for a while there, it's just hard to find good help and, or maybe even just like learning to hand stuff over to other people as well. Yeah. So that's been a challenge. Um, just the small things, I feel like, you know, dealing with like landlord issues and I don't know, some bill you forgot to pay because I'm, you know, I'm just like so in the zone about other stuff or, you know, like. Yeah. Just like the day to day stresses yeah it's stressful you know and, it, and it's like the hours you put in too it, it kind of consumes you to a certain extent which i like and don't too i feel like you know like sometimes i take a day off and it's like i earn you know it's like i earned yeah. that i'm good and i should enjoy it and then the back of my mind sometimes it's like oh but you should be at work doing yeah. this you know or like so i feel like that it's hard to step it's hard to remove myself sometimes from it um yeah which I know can be tough on my wife too. She's like, come on, like let's Yeah, let's I bet. Something. You know, like even like, you know, like friendships, you know, suffer from that too. Cause it's like I don't you know, it's like I spend a lot of time working. So Yeah. I think Yeah, I find that that too. Like I I think when you're an entrepreneur there's always something you could be doing and you have to just kind of stop and be like, All right, right tomorrow or whenever i'm working again not i have to i could do it now but i'm not going to because it's not healthy <laughs> right yeah it's like all right let me just answer this email like yeah two, i'm sleeping you know it's like no dude just when answer it when you wake up at six <laughs> yeah yeah exactly so. so with that then what are some things that you do personally to stay grounded you know and stay able to do so much um even when things get challenging or even when you're stressed? Um, I used to play a lot of hockey and that was like a huge, that, that, you know, I grew up playing a lot. That was a big part of my life and I still played up until, you know, a couple months ago. And that was just like an awesome thing that I didn't have to think about, you know, because I've been doing it so long. It was just like, okay, I can go and just like do it and that's my thing. And it was good exercise and, you know, I'm hanging out with the guys and, you know, have a beer after and, you know, just talk about life and all my old friends. But I dislocated my shoulder earlier in the year. Oh, no. Right before a big job. And it was like, then, real, you know, kind of reality struck. I'm like, dude, like, I can't. I'm starting to get old, first of all. <laughs> but I can't, you know, it's like, I want to play so bad. But then it's like, you know, I guess that's another negative. Like, I want to play hockey with my friends. Like, I love playing hockey, and that's, like, a good release for me. And it's, like, I can't because, you know, if I get hurt, it's, that's like, your business for it right now. So, but I like golf. And my father is a huge golfer, and I kind of grew up on that. So, I like to play golf. I like to ride my bike. Um, I don't know, like, hang out with the family. Go, you know, go up north, do things like that. Like, uh, I don't know. Cool. To typical Michigan guy I guess you know yeah. like, too crazy for like the just to get away and you know do my own things so I want to know this, these are the questions I ask everyone now so what I want I usually ask about morning routines but I would love to know like what your typical day looks like in general you know how you start your day and how that affects how the rest of your day goes and then how much time do you spend actually building and designing and then how much time do you spend on like the other admin stuff and tell us all of that um so i usually you know i try to get up around six uh i, I try to you know do some light weight weight lifting in the morning like three days a week two three days a week um and that, i think that's always a big thing it's like you know, sometimes I don't want to, but then once I actually get doing it, 
it's it's really nice and I think it's a, just get the blood flowing in the morning and I think that's like a you know that's a big help I make breakfast for myself and my wife make some coffee you know maybe send some emails and then I try to get to the shop by you know I guess 730 745 depending on the day and then uh, I, I don't know I, I feel like right now my days are it just really depends what's going on you know like I'll spend two weeks like, like you know just pure you know I'll come in every day and just do design work and quotes and material samples and things like that you know and it's more just like I guess administrative work or you know behind the computer things like that and then then it's like time to kick off production you know like right now we're in production mode for all Ryan's salon stuff so it's like you know, seven seven forty five to you know six thirty seven p.m. every night, just like you know, more physical building stuff. So mm-hmm. it's like uh, that's what I like. You know, that's what I like about it too. It's a good balance. Like some days, yeah. it's design work. Some days it's building. Some days it's running errands. Or like today, you know, it's like you can get a client in. I get a haircut. You know, I get mm-hmm. just him some marble. You know, some some courts for his, you know, reception desk. And cool. It's going like to be so cool. Mix. And, uh, yeah, so, I mean, I usually work, I would say, till like, at the shop, you know, I'm probably there until 6.37. I mean, it just depends, I feel like, you know, it's, I probably work, I don't know, like, 70 hours a week, maybe, give or take a few, depending on, on the week overall. That's a bunch. <laughs> yeah, so... But I like you know it's like I love it like it's good. It's- yeah, it's hard when it doesn't feel like work. I yeah. I struggle with that too. Um, but what do you do to relax and wind down? And what are your evening routines? What are some of the last few things you do before you go to sleep? Um, eat dinner. My wife's a really good cook. She's I make breakfast Ooh. and she'll make dinner. So. Oh, I love that. Because <laughs> she's not a morning person, but I am, so it works out well. Um. And then, I don't know, like, maybe it depends on the day, you know, like, now that summer's, you know, in winter, it's like, you know, it's like you're kind of cooped up for the most part watching Netflix or movies and things, but right now it's like, like last night, we, she, she was at her sister's house, but she came home at like nine and we went for a walk until like, you know, we came back around like 11, so. Yeah, because it's we both so yeah, nice outside, out. yeah, when it's nice out, so, you know, walks or bike rides with friends after work or right now you know it's like nhl playoffs is right now so i've been you know getting into that um but yeah i would say you know eat i don't know do try to do something outside if it's nice and then i i pass out early you know it's like i'll be in bed you're a morning person because you get up so early yeah you know it's like i'll probably go to sleep around like 10 30 11 so nice so now let's do some quick fire round questions. So just say the first thing that comes to your mind. Are you ready? Ready. All right. Favorite color? Red. Favorite day of the week? Mondays. Favorite hour of the day? Uh, anytime for meal time. <laughs> um, what's the best thing you've eaten in the last week? Uh, Bam chops for Greek Easter, I guess. What was that? I guess that was two weeks ago, though. So maybe that doesn't count. But lamb chops, we had spinach pie, everything. Oh, nice. So that was good. What is the superhero power you wish you could have for a day? Oh, man. Uh, 
to fly. Nice. Everybody says that. Yeah. <laughs> For a day, you know, it's like I feel like that'd be the most that'd be the most adventurous and fun. Yeah. Yeah, every once in a while someone throws something else in there, but mostly everyone says to fly. I should maybe like switch up my question. <laughs> What's the best and worst advice you've ever received? Uh, best advice, just I think my grandfather is like, no, you know, no matter what you do, just outwork everyone. He's like, and, you know, you'll, you'll end up all right. So that's good. Worst advice, I try not to take bad advice, I guess. Um, I don't know, probably like something stupid in like high school, you know, like, I don't know. I, I don't know. I can't think of bad advice right good. now. Good. We don't need it. Yeah. <laughs> Um, what is something that you're afraid of, but you're doing anyway? My business. Starting my own, I guess, running my own business. Cool. Being a boss. Yeah. So you're having a dinner party with your wife, and so she's probably cooking at this point. And you can invite five people to dinner. Who would you invite? What would you cook or eat? And what do you hope someone turns and asks you about? Like you want to talk about, and what do you hope no one asks you that you just really don't feel like talking about anymore? Five people. Five people. Um, and my wife's not included. Man, that's tough. I'd like my grand, my grandfather. You know, rest in peace. I guess both my grandfathers to be there. So that's two. Um, Man. Anybody in the whole world. Steve Eiserman. Uh Man, I don't know. Some of his uh, friends. Albert Kahn and uh, Charles and Ray Eames. How about that? Nice. Are those hockey players? No, the last two are Steve Eiserman, yeah. The last two is the architect, and then the other, the last, uh, Charles and Ray Eames are the designers. Oh, like, nice. That's a good her, crew. So, That'd yeah. be a good conversation. Yeah. Your grandfathers would be so proud of you, and then you, yeah. and they'd think you're so cool that you have those really cool people at your dinner party. <laughs> yeah, right. So, okay, another fun question. Actually, I think I'd do Gordie Howe instead of Steve Eisenman, maybe, I think. Just but, bring them both. Yeah, you can yeah. bring okay. them both. I'll change the rules. <laughs> Okay, so you're trapped on a deserted island, and you can bring with you one book, one movie, one TV show, and one food that you wouldn't get sick of. What would you bring? Go. Okay. I'd bring lamb chops. You're just like my grandpa. That's what my grandfather would say. Oh I can't get enough of lamb. Um, for a book. I, I like to... I don't know. I haven't been reading as much lately as I should. I'm going to say... You should listen to audiobooks or podcasts while you were... Or it's probably it's kind tough. of loud. It's to, like, focus on what I'm yeah, doing. Yeah, that makes so sense. So then it's like I start getting into this stuff, and then I can't focus. So yeah. it's like I usually just have AM 580 in the background, like, playing, it's like, oldies. That makes sense. And the stuff you do can be kind of loud, right? Yeah, that's true. So a lot of the machines are running. There's earplugs and stuff. Um, I'm trying to think... For a book, I mean... It can be, like, your favorite book of all time or one that you think would, like, keep you really busy on the island. Yeah, maybe, like, uh, what my, my dad really likes the... Uh, 
Lord of the Rings. All right. That's like a series, right? Yeah, it's solid. So how about that? I've never read that either, so that would I probably be some time. Good. Um, a movie. We'll go with Slapshot because that's just a classic hockey movie. All right, there you go. That'll be comforting. What about a TV show? Um, TV show. Maybe like I like the Mythbusters. I think that doesn't get old. All right, so now recommend to people anything in the category of music, whether it's something that you've been into lately or like a favorite from forever. Anything you want to recommend there? Uh, Motown's always been a huge part. I like, yeah, Motown music, some like older punk, like, and, you know, some 90s hip hop. That's what I grew up on, I think. Cool. Or I know I grew up on that. <laughs> so. Um, what's your favorite part of your life right now? Uh, being married to my wife. Mm. She's like, uh, you know, she's like that person, you know, so it's good. It's good to have her every day of my life, so. Oh, I love that. So, final question. What would you say to a young entrepreneur just starting out? unsure maybe yourself like five years ago when you were in New York before you started your business what would you say to them uh you know fit you figure out a little plan and you just you just got to go for it you know like it's it's scary like you're not going to know everything you know the only way to figure it out is to do it so I think whether you know you're successful or you fail it's like you're gonna you know it's going to be a good good part of your life and you're going to learn a lot um, but yeah, I think, you know, you just got to go for it and, you know, make it happen. Don't be afraid to work hard. Well, thank you so much for coming on the show. Anything else that you want to say? Uh, www.gannismfg.com. Yeah. Tell people All where they can find uh, you. Custom furniture needs, residential, commercial. Um, if you just want to come by the shop and, you know, say hi, that's cool too. And, Aww. uh. I don't know. Yeah, it was fun. That was a lot of fun. I, I had a good time today. That was yeah. Uh, and you're on. I don't Instagram. do that a whole lot. That's, you're that's... on Instagram. People can follow you on Instagram. I'll have the links in the show notes. Great. Yeah. And do you have? This is one thing that I forgot to ask you. That I'm going to just ask you right now. Do you have a favorite piece of furniture that you designed or that you have? Tell me about that. Um, I just finished up this uh, cherry, the solid cherry media credenza that turned out beautiful. Um, I just did an office in New York. I don't know. I feel like it's whatever piece I just did. You yeah, because you but always I, I feel think like the, the cherry credenza is really, really awesome. And uh, I think the first project I ever worked on too, like my big project, it was a twenty foot long bo executive boardroom table. So that was like, you know, I, I I don't think I really knew what I was in for when they wanted that, but you know, it, it worked out. We shipped it out to San Francisco, got there in one piece, we installed it, and cool. so I, I, that's probably a favorite too because that kind of started everything. For yeah, me. it has so. to be. Oh, that's so cool. Well, like I said, so glad I met you. Thank you so much for coming on the podcast. I'm so excited to see Ryan's place. It's going to be amazing, and it's so cool that it's a collaboration between so many really cool people. So. Yeah, I'm yeah so it's glad great. It's like, yeah, like you said earlier, it's like the more people you work with and talk to, it's like a great, you know, there's a lot of great people I'm meeting through this. You know, it's like, so it's been awesome opportunity. I appreciate you having me on. 
All right, you guys, there you have it. That was my conversation with Richard. Let me know what you thought. Check out his furniture. He is such a nice guy. It's so nice of him to come on the podcast. And I will talk to you guys really soon.